He didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing. We are in the year 2021, season number three, and week four. I am Peter Walker Wilkinson, and this is Braden Martin. How are you going, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Nice and relaxed, although been a busy week of recording and still got some more to go, but that's okay. Yeah, if you're not up, we haven't told anyone, so I don't know why you'd be up on the news, but um, we're recording about 50 million episodes this week, just so we can uh, get ahead on the interview podcast, so we can, uh, if we need a break or we need some time or we need anything happens, we've, we've got episodes lined up and ready to go. Now, Braden keeps on telling me I should announce it to people so they can get the questions in, and I keep on saying, yeah, that's a really good idea, and I keep on not doing it, so I apologise to everyone. Um but we've had a really good interview with Stig Gaming, and I'm really excited to bring that to you hopefully this weekend. Uh, hopefully you've heard the Brett Wheeler interview as well. Uh, we've got uh, Alex Bergon. Uh, I'm going to keep on pronouncing that wrong, but he world champion at the moment for Dirt Ovals at the moment. So that's going to be awesome coming up soon. Uh, we've got Bo Albert in the works. We have uh, some guy called Jake Sperry, I think, coming up as well. Uh, who have we got on Friday? We've got... John Hancock. Hancock from 24-7, Race Control. We've got Clayton Davies in the works. Uh, and obviously we'll get to those uh, other SimSpeed people that we haven't got to yet, which is the the one we mention almost every week, Jay Kennedy and um, David someone or other. I can't remember his last name. Um, but, yeah, look, it, it's been really good fun getting to chat to everyone and hopefully you'll see the fruits of all this work in the next, uh, next month or so. And like I said, that'll get us to catch up and, and be ahead and not have to stress so much about getting content out every week. But thank you, everyone who's been listening. Thank you to all the people over in Belgium who got us into the top five on the <laughs> hobbies charts um, over there on iTunes. You guys are legends, rocking it up really good. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening again in America as well. And I know one of them, we talked to him, Stig Gaming's been going right through our back catalogue. So awesome job there. Um, what was? Let's start with Clayton Davies, uh, Simtography, sponsoring the podcast this week yet again. Thank you. You're a legend, mate. Had a really good win. He he bragging about. He told me the link. I've got to watch it yet. But uh, I was on Race Stars TV. I think it is. Um, race cut out in in the uh, in the heats, which meant he had to go through the C main and won all everything right up to the feature as well. So really good effort, but. Go check out his photography. We got some stuff done, or he did some stuff for us after the great man won the first race for Locked On Racing um, on Thursday night, which we'll talk about in the results. Uh, he did some really good professional shots out of that for us as well. So thank you, Clayton. Carefully go check out his work. It is phenomenal. Uh, CD, Cinematography on Facebook, uh, definitely worth uh, look. Don't forget, if you haven't subscribed or reviewed the podcast, the reviews are the really important thing. The more reviews you get, the better we look on the iTunes charts or the um, Spotify charts or whatever you do. More people get to see us, more people get to listen to us, more audience means we can then get more people in to help us out with either behind-the-scenes work or financially as well. So definitely do that. Definitely check out our Facebook, Locked On Lads, and definitely... Definitely, definitely. There's, how many definitely have I said so far? More, more uh, times than I spun in, in a race on the week? <laughs> uh, yeah, join us in the Discord, uh, lockedonlads.com slash Discord, or in the show notes at the bottom. I'm out of breath. So, Braden, what have you been up to, mate? Yeah, it's been a, oh, a slightly busy week. Um, obviously, the Skippies went to Hock- Hockenheim, which 
started interestingly for me, I guess you could say. I uh, jumped on for a little stream, not really paying much attention. It was like kind of early in the morning for uh, someone who was on holidays and thought, oh, yeah, I'll jump in. Been doing pretty well at Suzuka, so I'll keep trying to build that I rating. Jumped in, clicked register for race, walked away from the... Oh, no, I didn't walk away from the PC, but it was just sitting there, uh, not really paying much attention. Then the track map pops up. I'm like, hmm, that's, that's not different. Suzuka. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely Hockenheim and apparently the short Hockenheim, which I had never done before. Obviously, we raced Hockenheim uh, for Aussie Car, uh, the GP circuit. Uh, so, yeah, basically had about... Uh, three laps practice uh, and then straight into qualifying, which uh, wasn't great. I think I still qualified like fifth or sixth or something because the split was pretty low. Uh, well, sorry, it was top split, but the strength of field was pretty low. It was only like 1,700 or something. Uh, and it was good until I think I started fifth or sixth and was up to about fourth or fifth. And I was sitting behind a guest of the podcast, Daniel Gray 10. Yeah, no, you told this story last week. Definitely Did I? Yeah, we punted. We punted. Oh, because this must have been on the Tuesday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, in that case, even yeah. better. Apart from that, the rest of the Hockenheim ones went amazingly well. So I <laughs> uh, picked up another couple of seconds um, yeah. and a fifth. But then comes Sunday, which, as you know, has been <laughs> bogey day. Not a great day for me uh, at the moment due to no issues of my own, but just oh, no, 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 le- definitely not you leaking. I rating, uh, <laughs> like a, like a bucket with a hole. Um, I thought, you know what, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to go and do the Sunday night slight trace again. Um, you know, see if we can get some points, uh, out of second split this week, decided to stream it, which was, which was good sitting there waiting, did a few laps practice. Cause I only jumped on just before the race started. Um, but I'd done enough laps at the track, so it was okay. And lo and behold, I made the top split race. <laughs> made the broadcast race, car number 20. So it was a 20-car field. Um, and yeah, I managed to be the last car in the 20-car field making the top split race, which I was so nervous about. Like, if you go back and watch the stream, like, I was just mega panicking, uh, thinking that... Uh, I was just going to lose all this I rating. I was going to ruin someone's race. It ended up being a really good race. Um, Sean Doyle was in there with us. Uh, Russell Clark was in there as well, um, representing Aussie Car, or he was, I guess, representing Team Milo. And um, yeah, it didn't go so well for Russell, but Sean and I had a pretty good race. We managed to avoid a fair bit of the, the carnage and um, managed to get a top 10. So debut for being broadcast on uh sunday night lights and managed to scrape in a top 10 i did give um mitchell someone a bit of a net code tap he was kind of holding me up for a little bit um well i felt like I he love was anyway net code taps you keep on giving people mm, uh, i know well this one generally was i stuck my nose up the inside and he you know i was on the curb i was going to make the corner uh he turned in um which you know it's probably right he probably didn't expect me to put my put my car where i put it um because i'd been a bit more patient the rest of rest of the laps and just as soon as he made any kind of turn towards me just yeah bumped him off i didn't get any damage or anything so um yeah unfortunately gave him a bit of a spin um but yeah then sean was very very kind to me just sitting behind and um 
yeah, probably had a couple of chances when I made mistakes where he could have pushed the issue to try and overtake, but I think he was just a bit the same as me and pretty happy you just to be where mistakes? we were. mistakes? I don't understand. Do you do that, yeah. do you? I do, yeah, <laughs> quite regularly. In fact, it just seems to be a little bit less regularly this season in Aussie car. And then, yeah, obviously, uh, I'll, I'll come to Aussie car last. So that was good, a 10th tenth, tenth in SNL. Um, yeah, well done. With that. Very good job. I'm sure we'll um, hear about later in the results too. I'm sure you'll get a bit of a... A writer, yeah, speech. a bit of a shout out from the one and only Alex. Uh, yeah, done a bit of streaming, which has been good. Um, got some new pedals, so yes. that's Shaved been interesting. Three seconds off your laps, <laughs> so yeah, so got some new HE uh sprints, which has been interesting. My right With leg is fancy, now in severe pain. With the fancy blue face plates from um, what was it hybrid? Simulations, is that where it yeah, was? Yeah, hybrid racing simulations. Yeah, so uh, yeah, my right leg's now completely ruined because I'm not used to having a throttle that actually has any kind of pressure <laughs> behind it whatsoever. And of course, we're at Monza where your foot is basically flat the whole race. So I've had to loosen this the spring or move the, I guess, the angle of the spring down a little bit so it's a little bit less pressure for my yeah. uh, my uh, suki legs. But So since uh, we're here, what what do you think? Well, I've only done practice around Monza so far, so I could only base it on doing some practice yeah. laps around Monza. But, um, well, I've definitely gotten faster, but the caveat to that is I also decided to make a change to finally get rid of my auto blip and sort of a clutch assists and just go to... It makes me no. sick that you're still using that, to be honest. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. Yeah, well, Nathan was following behind me in um, some practice yesterday. And basically, every time I made a shift, he was just like gaining so much time. I think it might have been Sunday, actually. Uh, and I just thought, you know what? While I'm learning new pedals and trying to, you know, find my way through them, it's probably the best time to just take a dive in the deep end and give it a go. And instantly, I started noticing, especially around Monza, because there's so many straights. Like, I was gaining a tenth. Tenth and a half, just on the straights, um, by not losing that time and shifting. So, yeah. yeah, that's certainly helped. So it'll be interesting to see how I go in a race, though, when I'm thinking about lots of other things, not just going around in circles. So, yeah, so far so good. Definitely enjoy them. I feel like I can, uh, I can trail break a lot better. I went and looked and had a little bit of look at my VRS data uh, and compared it to my laps that I was using the CSL load, uh, elite load cell pedals. And yeah, the trail braking and the way that I could keep the brake pressure the same and then slowly bleed off it, like definitely looked a lot better. Is that more experience on the track? Is it the pedals? I don't know, but they're feeling good so far. I definitely have no, nothing bad to say about them. I guess come back to me in a couple of weeks and I'll have a bit more of a better idea. Um, and then, yeah, I've watched the the supercars at Townsville, which is obviously just another Shane Van Gisbergen uh, masterclass. Uh, just dominant performance yeah, from... And I'd say from start to end, but it wasn't really. He was basically second for most of the races, but just supreme pace, supreme tyre saving, good pitch strategy, and just, just too good. Yeah, no, it is like I think I've mentioned a few times, it's that point where... He is that much better than everyone else in the field. That it's it's not it's not quite F one levels unenjoyable, but it's getting there. Yeah, and so. it's a shame that like he's clearly gone to another level this year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I and... think honestly, I think he went to a new level last year, 
in the chase yeah. of, of Scotty. And I think it's just now shown that how far he'd lifted himself to try and beat Scotty now that Scotty's not there. Is, is... Yeah, well, I think it'd be interesting if Scott was still there. I think we'd have a really good battle. Oh, on, it on would be amazing. It'd be yeah. the the it'll be back to you know Johnson and Brock and or Seaton and all those guys when and Richards and when they were all so close and the cars were, you know, you, you didn't know who was going to win every time you went into a race and you know tracks suited certain drivers just that little bit better and that's where they got the edge. So yeah, you know. Look, we'll see a few tracks coming forward where the, the Fords will probably get a little bit more of an advantage and might come back to him. But, yeah, at this stage, it's a bit of a wait and see what happens next year, I guess. So, And then, yeah, we went to uh, went back to USA International Speedway for Aussie Car. So how'd that go for you? Yeah. I, I destroyed the team. We were talking about last <laughs> night. I, I single-handedly sunk the ship that is locked on racing. Um, <laughs> watched, you know, watched, watched us get probably our most successful race meet in in Aussie okay, car yeah. at least anyway like it's hard to it's hard to say that with full honesty when I haven't had a chance to really follow you know John um, McHenry got second in force racing league last year so it's hard to say yeah it was our most successful thing when he's come second in the championship um you know, car, though. yeah in definitely in Aussie car um which is where we're most pro- proliferant probably that's a word um <laughs> It, it definitely our most successful night. You know, pole in both races to, to Locked On Racing. Uh, we had the win in round two, which we'll get to later on. Definitely, as a team, it was one of the best nights, but personally, it was a, a very much a night to forget. Went in second in the road to 2K. You know, by uh, bearing down on top 10, realistically, coming out of it, dropping out to, to 17th in the championship and really dropping to third in the... The road to 2K was the one that hurt me the most and letting letting Brady get up there in the second and, and giving Dennis pretty much what is now uh, an insurmountable lead um, in, in that championship is sort of, you know, it, it's, it, it, it hurts uh, and all because I made a silly decision and both times, both races, I got balked by someone spinning in front of me and doing the wrong thing. You don't go around an oval be turning and put on your brakes. That's just the first thing you don't do. And both, both races, that's what I did. But first race did that and, you know, qualified pretty good in race one and, and was holding pace. Like I was sitting in front of Ernie and sitting in front of John Schultz. And I just had that gut feeling that I'll, I what that I always do is I'm holding Vernie up. I'm in chat with Vernie. Vernie, do you want to go past? And Vernie went, yes. And that's when it all went wrong. I went high. It was still early on in the tire life, so I didn't quite have the thing. Then someone slid in front. I think it was someone slid in front, or someone looked like they were going to slide in front. I think it was Sean Doyle or someone like that. And I just, you know, have a crack at Sean Doyle for no reason, but um, put on the brakes, got a bit sideways, and then just lost it and took Vernie out and took John Schultz out and had the guilts for the rest of the race <laughs> while I sat there and watched everyone go around. Um, you weren't the only you weren't the only one who had had the socks on by the end of the race. <laughs> yeah, the, the best, the, not the best part, but the, the most interesting part of the story was cars okay. I think it had a meatball, so I had to pit. I went around the lap and I went to come in, and here's John Schultz still sitting, but he's right across. <laughs> he's sideways, right across the pit entry, and I physically can't go in. There's no way for me to get into pit entry. So I'm like, oh. 
I've got the people lead, leaders coming down on me. I've got a car that's not quite right. It's got a meatball. If I take out the field from here, I'm in big trouble. But it was drivable, so I went, oh, I'll go another lap. And by then, John had moved. So then I came into the pits uh, and, yeah, found out it was 15-minute or seven or eight-minute um, uh, repair job. And at that stage, it's like, well, I'm going to go that far down. The only people that I'm going to get ahead of if I go back out are the people I took out, and I don't want to do that because I feel bad for taking them out. So, look, I'm not going to go back out, just sat back and watch the race. But it was just a yeah, bad thing. The, John's credit, he was straight on... Um, he was straight on to me um, in Discord saying, you know, you know, like making sure I wasn't feeling bad about it, which I was. I was feeling terrible about it. Almost turned <laughs> off the stream. I put myself down in the channel away from you guys, so I didn't... <laughs> I didn't angry. even notice that. I, I went right out. I was I was gone for ages. Um, not, as, not as far out as Mitesy did. <laughs> no, no. And see, I, we talked about last night and... Look, I still pay, play some role in that. I'm driving along. Mighty's behind me. Uh, Sean Doyle, once again, I'm just going to throw the name out there, but it was this time. It was, I think it was him and Simon Dobner or someone like that came together, um, went up, someone lost it. I then broke and, to try and avoid it, but that flicked my tail out. Um, Mighty's then behind me coming through smoke that I've left and then had nowhere to go and crashed into one of the ones who had spun in front of me. I think it was there was synchronized spinning <laughs> yeah. the, the cars behind. Luckily I found myself the same position John Schultz was in where I was straight across pit entry and this is about eight or nine laps in. And um so at that stage I had nowhere to go but into the pit lane. So I decided to make my pit stop then. Um but <laughs> lost probably half a lap at that stage um because of spinning it, which at that stage you lose half a lap, you can't get it back. So Came out just in front of you guys um, a lap down and sort of circled just in front of the leaders and then let the leaders pass and went that second lap down, which was the killer, and just basically lapped the 70 laps and um, got back to 17th or something like that, something unremarkable. Um, sort of let Ben Snell pass thinking, oh, he's, he must be a lap ahead, but he, he'd run at the back of Darren Lassou and going to pit <laughs> yeah. entry, put himself a lap down as well. So I was actually fighting for, for actual position with him and let him pass, but <laughs> you know, he was going to get me anyway. So it was good fun going around and around and around in circles. And, and I felt more confident. It's just two silly mistakes. And that's what happens each week, unfortunately, but I didn't put as much practice in this week and that's my fault. So hopefully yeah. we get a little bit different now. How was your Aussie car experience? Because I've also got other races to talk about as well. But what did you see from your pointy end of the field? Yeah, it was pretty good night, I guess. Pretty successful. Um, probably didn't quite have the qualifying that I wanted to have both races. Um, I, I knew I could do some good laps, but um, yeah. And to be honest, the qualifying laps weren't as quick as I thought they were going to be. So when I saw what got... Um, you know, sort of those top five spots. I kind of felt like I should have, should have been, um, should have been up there. But uh, the first race went okay. I think I started about eighth ish, maybe. Um, I think it was seventh. The, it was the same that you, you, you was the same in both races because you made the comment. It was eighth and eighth. Uh, yeah, that or maybe ninth was... and, you were ninth and ninth because you were number nine, weren't you? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I started ninth. <laughs> um, which was okay. So started ninth um, and made up a spot or two early. Um, I 
I think it might have been Jeremy or someone who was uh, in front of me and uh, I think got like a, not a great run or someone sort of checked them up a little bit and meant that I was able to sort of push up on the inside um, and, and work my way through. But then um, I just, yeah, I was on the back of the pack. So the, the, the top pack, which was like Brady, Ben, Sean, Russell, Donald, Chasty and Mighty. Um, I was basically with them the whole race. I managed to push up into sixth or seventh one uh, one time, um, got past Donald as he got sort of shuffled back. Um, but just, yeah, I just didn't have the awareness and I didn't, I, I should have been more defensive. I think it was really important that you didn't let yourself get put to the outside at all yeah. costs. And I let Donald, I think, come back up the inside and then just never got an opportunity again to to basically get um, myself back in that spot. So basically trailed around in eight for the whole race. And then unfortunately there was a post-race penalty for one of our friends uh, yeah. after the race. Um, so got shuffled Chast- up to Chastie seven. followed which through was... with his threat and, and punched <laughs> McKellar. Um, yeah. I mean, no, sorry, that's not how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, so finished yeah. seventh in what was a pretty tame race, but it, it was okay. I, look, uh, I've talked about Speedway before. I don't know what I said on the podcast. That track with that car feels very much like a dirt oval race. And I mm. think it showed with Brady Baldwin winning that race because yeah. obviously he had the skills. But what you had to do was it was definitely a, a low line was preferred. But if someone did get down the inside of you, what I was doing was going real high mm. and then cutting right down behind them. So basically as soon as they were, you got the clear, you'd come down and you'd get yeah. that momentum and be able to come back up the inside or hang behind them if they were a legitimate, you just letting them pass. Yeah, it was really Which hard is, to... It was really hard to do that in that front pack because yeah. when when you got One pushed out, tough. they were yeah, like right behind yeah. each other, nose to tail, and there was just no, no way of there. getting back in. Yeah, so yeah, tricky. And that's then, where the slide jobs in in the dirt. You see, that's where that's that's proper overtaking for a track yeah. like that in the skippy, and and that's where going the high line should have paid dividends. But um, you know, you'd be able to come back down and get them get the inside line on the next one. But yeah, as that's you said, right. when when you're that tight, nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and then second race went pretty much the same. Qualified ninth again, I think, like you said. Um, and then uh, managed to push up, ended up with a top five, which was nice, um, but was never really... I was basically chastity pitted early, um, and then I think it was Alex and Donald and Russell sort of ran around in front of me. Um, I pulled you up there at one stage. Two or three, yeah. You gave me a little little toe for a little bit. I was um, holding their their draft just, and then you would you got into my draft. I pulled back. Yeah, there was, was strategy there. I helped out. Yeah, there was. I just wasn't quick <laughs> enough to catch him. Not consistently quick enough. I, I basically it, sat for basically sat two or three seconds off the back of them for ninety percent of the race. It also came. You were that far behind, like you were that very close. You were just starting to catch up with them. But as soon as one car, a lapped car, got in the way and yeah position. Or not lapped, but you know, yeah, would have yeah, been a lapped yeah. car. For position, yeah. you fell back that way. So that, that's yeah. what was so hard about that track. And I was I was spewing as well because it turned out Donald and I were the only two to get into the twenty threes that um, second race. So I missed out yep. on a point by twenty two hundredths of a second of getting that <laughs> extra fastest lap point. So I was a bit salty about that. But Did yeah, it, it went pretty good. I'll take another top lap five. in the 
first race, did he? Or uh, I thought he almost got points for. I think he had it for a while and maybe lost it right at the end. I think you I'll... do, but you don't. You don't get a point for a fastest lap in the first race. Okay. Oh no, that's only. Oh yeah, maybe you do. It's pole. You only get it for the second race. Yeah, and um, that was the thing I stuffed up in my second race was pole. I uh, for was my qualifying. I had a shocker. That's what cost me. I think it was interesting. It was interesting though because there was seven cars I think under the twenty into the twenty threes in race one, but only Donald and I in the second race. So, um, yeah, yeah, interesting. It was interesting. Yeah, yeah that's enough about us. Oh, I did. Oh wait, no, no, yeah. no, your oval stuff. Yes, I of did course. my oval stuff. It was the worst run race in history. Jay, I say that <laughs> with the most love in the world. Um, yeah, we did uh, Aussie online gaming scrap, which is I'm not going to pronounce it, but. Someone really tried hard to call it scraps, so we've got scraps. Um, truck series, and we went to Atlanta, I'm, I'm thinking. I think so, yeah. And, yeah, so the, the first problem was we started the parade lap and we had 255 fast repairs instead of one. Uh, <laughs> and everyone sort of joking around said, oh, this is cool. Yeah, and then we're like, hold on, we need to work this out. Are we using them and abusing them, or are we, you know, being the honor system and only using one and they just came up with uh, finally just before we went green that just use them whatever you want to do just use them and um that was cool until halfway three quarters away around the first lap someone's got airborne cars are going <laughs> flying i've had to pull off the gas let everything go and then i come out the other side half a lap down because i've had to slow down so much and there's no yellow flag <laughs> i do a couple laps and i'm like overcomes is anyone finding it weird there was no yellow flag at the moment and like yeah and then all of a sudden the discussion, yeah, it doesn't look like there's yellow cautions in this race at all. Uh, and then watching the broadcast back, commentators Jay and Cam Dance, I believe, um, had no idea this was going on until about lap 40, 45, 50, which was when I'd finally given up to the leaders were just starting to come through. And you watch it on the thing, I'm just, just ahead of being lapped. And then Jay decides because there was a crash. Uh, Ryan Jones spun, and he goes, "Oh, standards." The he manually caused uh, does the caution flag. So if I hadn't been a couple more seconds that he pressed it, I would have been a lap down. I wouldn't have got the position back. But because it was just at that split second, I could go and loop right around, change my tires, come back out, and um, we go again. And did okay. Was holding on, battling away, and then. We get down to the final couple of laps. I've got plenty of fuel. I've got the tyres are in pretty good condition. And then there's another caution. And we're like... That was a weird caution as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's a caution here. I don't know. Look, I understand probably why. But you're five laps out from the end of the race. We're going to be under caution for five laps. There's, there's no way to do a manual green-white checker. So we're going to be finishing in this order. And I was 13th or 14th. So I was battling with Tim. At that stage, my tyres were pretty good and I got past him and or maybe I hadn't got past him, but we were doing pretty good stuff. And then people started pitting and I'm like, I was with Justin Howe and a few others and I'm like, why are people pitting? We're, we're, this is the order we are. If you stay out, that's that's what position you get when we cross the line. They're like, oh, they're getting ready for a green-white checker. I said, no, physically can't do a green-white checker. Mm. This is going yellow across the line. Oh, yeah, it is. Let's just stay out. And Justin did the same thing, got fourth. I did the same thing, got 10th. I got held up by a car that had pretty much blown its engine, so we had to go really slow. So the cars <laughs> that pitted actually got back out in front of us instead of me getting right around and getting in front of them. So I could have got top, well and truly in the top 10, but 
for that. And then, yeah, the race was finished and that was the end of it. No championship points because of all the stuff ups and that was the end of the race. So so hopefully tonight goes a little bit better. Yeah, New Hampshire tonight. I'm, we've done, I've done more practice laps than I've done for any scraps race so far, which generally isn't a good sign. But I'm looking forward to jumping in the stream and having a, having a watch. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. It's interesting because the first race of the season where the brakes are actually going to be used. Uh, New Hampshire's got pretty much next to no banking, so you're going to have to brake and then mm. accelerate out. And in a truck, accelerating out at the best of times is is a nightmare, but New Hampshire's going to be interesting for that first four or five laps. So. Actually, I have New Hampshire, so I could even come and spot for you if you need. You could, yeah, because you've done it. It's a skippy track we've done many times, mm. actually, twice or three times now. So I'll have a think um, about it. I might have okay. to hit up Stig and find out how to spot. <laughs> how to spot. Like I said, if you want to spot for me, it's a nice, easy thing. The cars are two seconds ahead. The cars are three seconds ahead. The cars are four seconds ahead. Look out for the leaders. Pull over. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's, that's what happened. It was it was good fun. We're, we're ready to go for tonight. That's all I've been doing is practicing all week for Monza and, and New Hampshire. So, yeah, let's get into the news brought to you by CD Symptography. Like I said, check out Clayton's photos over on CD Symptography. Go order yourself a nice little batch of dirt photos. Uh, even just hit him up for some any kind of photos. They're, he's done really good stuff. So CD Symptography, go over and check that out. But the latest in the news. So we've got a little special one for you this week. First thing off the rank is uh, a friend of mine's daughter, Grace Howard, got the call up to Formula Women's Competition over in UK for 2021. Uh, so I was able to get Grace uh, in for an interview yesterday. So she tells us all about what it is and what she's excited about it and what what she's going to do, what she expects to get out of it. But it is a really good listen. So take it away, Grace. Let us know what Formula Women is all about. And welcome, Grace, to the podcast. How are you today? Good, thank you. We've got a lot of exciting stuff to talk about because you are part of Formula Women's Experience, yes. which is happening overseas. Yes, Explain in the to us. Explain to us what... Formula Women's or Women's is? Um, So basically it's a televised competition in the UK for women who have little to no experience racing. Um, Anyone from around the world can fly, um, but you complete an online assessment and then there are track days assessments. And then from there, 16 finalists go through to the next round of on-track assessments and the winners are awarded the prize of a drive in two McLaren GT4 race cars in the UK GT Cup Championship during 2022. Wow, that just sounds (laughs) amazing. All of that from start to finish. Um, (laughs) What experience and background do you have in motorsport? Obviously, part of it was having zero, little to none, but what's your background with motorsports? Um, well, like I obviously don't have much experience, um, racing, um, apart from go-karting a couple of times when I was little, but, um, I grew up watching, um, the V8 supercars with my dad and then I've kind of just gone, like, as I've gotten older, I've gone more into Formula One and just more into the motorsport world. Excellent. What's your favorite teams or drivers? Uh, definitely McLaren and Daniel Ricciardo, obviously being an Aussie. (laughs) Yep. Um, no, but yeah. yeah. Do you watch much V8s anymore? Um, occasionally I'll watch it on a weekend with my dad, but not very into it at the moment. Okay. So how did you find out about Formula Women? 
Um, I started searching um, for pathways into motorsports and I came across a group on Facebook called FIA Girls on Track UK Community, and which is just a group for women where you can get advice or help for pathways and careers into motorsports. And um, someone had posted in the group about the uh, Formula Woman competition. So I was having a look at it and just decided to apply. And at any stage, did you think this might actually happen or did you just apply for the fun of it? Um, I kind of just applied for the fun of it, but then it kind of just got a lot more serious as it went on. <laughs> as it happens to do. So it's over in the UK. Whereabouts in the UK are you heading for this? Um, not totally sure, but because um, all the track assessments are kind of just taking place um all around like the mm -hmm. country. Most of them are in the UK, but they're setting up um, different uh, assessments at different um, tracks for people that um, are out of the UK. Yep. So you won't really know what track it is until you get over there? No, actually, I think it's the Anglesey um, track. I'm not sure how you say it. Okay. No problems. Are you going to do some research on this? Are you going to try and find it and, and practice it before you go over there? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have a look at all the tracks and check it all out. What do you hope to get out of this experience as a, as a minimum? Um, well, obviously I'd hope to win and yep. start a career in tracing, but um, even if I don't make it through, I think it's just an amazing experience just to get to go through it all. And I think just being in the Formula Woman competition will help me to get a kickstart into some type of career in motorsports, whether that's racing or not. But yeah, hopefully I'd win and get to race in the GT Cup. That would be the perfect end result for it. Um, what what type of what type of career are you looking for in motorsport? Just anything at the moment. Um, I'd uh, really like to get into racing, but yep. um, if it doesn't pan out, then I would probably try looking into getting to media or something in motorsports. Yep, definitely. It's definitely a very good path into it as well. How excited are you about this whole experience that you're going to embark on fairly soon, I assume? Yeah, I'm incredibly excited. I think it's such a great opportunity, especially just for women that um, don't have that much experience and just it like really um, opens up more experiences and opportunities. So I think it's a really, really exciting thing to be doing. Do you get to socialise like online with the people who are going to be in it before you go over there so you'll know who you're, you're sort of competing against? Yeah, the um the Formula Woman website has a thing for all the applicants and you can um kind of like Facebook friend them all and everything yep. and message them and stuff. Excellent. So you're probably gonna make a chunk of new friends in the in the industry anyway for starters. So Yeah, hopefully. that's gonna be a huge step forward. Um what do you, what car are you excited to obviously race around the most? Um, definitely the McLaren GT four. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Cool. Do you tell you what, what kind of did you play any games growing up in, that were car racing or anything like that? Um, not really. I started um playing the Formula One twenty twenty game. I think it was. Yes. 
but the, apart the from that, ones, yeah. yeah, don't really have much experience in the gaming part. Oh, you're gonna, this is all gonna be new and exciting to you. I can't wait to hear it. But if those people who want to follow what's going on over there, what's the best way to keep track of how you're going and give you show you support while you're over there? Um, so, um, Grace Howard Racing on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Excellent. No problems at all. And when does this all start? Um, assessments start in September. September. Excellent. So very, very close now indeed. So look, thank you so much for your time, Grace, and best of luck over there. I can't wait to follow and report on how well you're going over there and good luck with it all. Thank you very much for having me. No problems at all. Anytime. Thank you. Now, Grace, I look, we hope you, we wish you all the best over there and, and really, really excited to see how you go now like i said yeah as she said in the interview go follow her on grace howard racing on instagram and twitter if you want to follow and find out exactly what she's doing over there and how she's going and just give us some support you know doing something like this with basically next to no experience going to the uk at that age it's um exciting stuff for anyone but definitely uh, definitely show us some support some support and get behind her because an aussie over there racing and something like that is absolutely amazing uh, that's that's a couple of McLaren connections we've got now. Do you reckon we can get Ricardo on next? Is that yeah? There we go. I can't see why not. <laughs> why not? Anyway, so let's go on to a little bit of uh, news from the uh, peripheral world, I guess you call it. So Jinx uh, shifters, my favourite shifter. Send me a Jinx shifter shif- shifters, please. They're amazing. No, um, they've released. You now this came out of nowhere. They've released a shifter to attach to your real-life car, Brayden. Are you getting one? I I don't know how well it would be suited to the WRX, uh, <laughs> but, so it, but it's, it's definitely a cool initiative. So it's their, their signature range um, sequen- sequential shifter that you can pop in there. It's even got a button, um, a trigger on there that you can map to anything in your car that you need. Uh, so they're taking pre-orders now for later next month. I think it is the release of it is. So we haven't seen much except for I've seen a photo of, of it in a car. But if you're into that kind of stuff and you're looking for a new sequential shifter for your car, maybe look at um, Jinx shifters and see if they can help you out. Uh, but the other bit of peripheral news came from Sim Magic. Now, they've been, tr- they've been teasing something for a fair while now. Uh, Sim Magic do direct drive wheels. They're out of... China, they're a cheaper version, but they are pretty reputable. And and when you look at all the different um, direct drives out there, they're actually quite comparable and quite solid a unit, sort of like the SimiCube type of shape, almost an identical shape to some of the SimiCube stuff out there. Um, Seem to be just a cheaper price point for a um, high quality, the high-end product. And they've now got a sequential shifter and a set of really high-end pedals. So they've got the P2000. It's got TBC. I'm assuming they've got something else they're going to add on to the end of there, um, which looks pretty cool set of pedals. And they've got the sequential shifter Q1, which uh, they're taking orders on all that at the moment, plus the Alpha Mini, which I assume is their direct competition to the new Fanatec um, smaller direct drive. Yeah. But it's... Braden, what do you think of all this stuff? You've had a little bit of a chance to read a little bit behind the scenes stuff on it. Yeah, I just had a look at it earlier earlier today. Um, it looks, I mean, it looks cool. I really like the look of the pedals. Um, I love the pedal plates that they've got on there. Yeah. Um, 
obviously they're hydraulic pedals. So, um, you know, in theory, a little bit better high quality maybe than some load cell stuff. Some people seem to prefer um, the hydraulic sort of feel to the pedals um, a bit more. Um, but yeah, and until you would be able to get your hands on some, it'd be um, sort of hard to tell. But yeah, Simagic's always had that weird sort of spot in the community as being top gear, but at a real low price point. And some people sort of say, hey, look at what you're getting for this much cheaper option. Yeah. Whereas others say that there's a clear difference between that and the real, real top stuff. Yeah. So it um, be interesting to see sort of where it sits within the market. But yeah. it's interesting to see these companies, I, I think, starting to make some responses to Fanatec really dropping some prices and making a bit more quality entry level stuff. Yeah, so this this definitely will be the the entry level to the top end. So if you're sitting there going, I've got this G29, I've got a fair chunk of cash to spend, but I really don't want to. I'm not serious enough to to drop five, six, seven k on direct drive and you know all the top end stuff. This would be definitely something you can look at, or maybe you want to look at your your pedals as an upgrade you want to spend a bit more than than like the load cell ones you're talking about then then hopefully they sit at that price range where it's a real decision of well why don't i just go for the cheaper version of the top end instead of the high end of the middle tier um that's where they seem to be hitting their mark looking at the shifter like it's a bulky looking shifter but it's a sequential Mm. so you just need there's not much you need there but it's got four buttons and what seems to be a dial almost on there so interested to see what they do with that but yeah hopefully we'll have some more information on that but they're taking pre-orders at the moment now so if you're interested in magic go check them out on facebook uh they'll have stuff there so the next little bit of news we have for you we've been reporting on the um v8 oval series a little bit then it went quiet just recently it's no more uh unfortunately but born from that is the australasian super e-series which starts this sunday night at talladega so if you're interested in taking your favourite supercar around an oval left a lot of times, testing yourself up against some of the other best oval drivers in Australia in Fords or Holdens, then definitely go check it out. So it's the Australasian Supercar E-Series uh, on Facebook. They will be able to get you into a Discord or just write in that into the league section of iRacing as well. Uh, we'll get you there. You interested in this, Braden? I know you don't have time, but is this, this the entry level into the V8s you want now? You've got the pedals to do it? No, <laughs> no, I don't know. I I like watching the V8s. I just don't know how much I like drive. I, it's it's really tough. I I don't. I just don't see myself driving them on the sim. I I just really don't. I, I'd see myself doing some other oval stuff before I did a V8 oval, oval series. I think the series is cool, and for anyone who's into that, definitely check it out because I'm they run uh, run will run a really good series. But it's just not for me. I yeah. I, I think at my I think my love for being able to see my wheels is is too strong at the moment, and <laughs> any cars that aren't going to be cars that I can see my wheels, I, I feel like will be in the GT3 range just because of the options for basically doing the endurance races and stuff like that, or be in the LMP2. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, now Raymond Yeager put me up on this. He's the one who's been running for fast uh, in the past. Yeah, full throttles basically is the one that's gone under, which was part of yeah. that. So um, good luck to him and himself and, and the others. Look, I'm keen. If I had a spare, another spare night in the week um, and, and I wouldn't do that unless I was not married anymore, then I would 100% <laughs> be in this. And look, if things move around and, and maybe the, the trucks fall away, but I don't think they're going to, then 
this would be another really good option for you. They are announcing a broadcast uh, person at the, uh, in the next day or two, so it will be broadcast full series. So if you are interested in a fully broadcast V8 Oval series, go check that out. Uh, the final thing, we were going through looking for patch notes, which there is a patch today. We don't have notes for it, though. Uh, so we'll report on that next week. But we found a little post in the forums from iRacing themselves. They're asking for alpha testers. So if you go to the brand new forums, uh, go into the, the job opportunities, which actually then gets you back to the iRacing website. Um, oh, no, it's a post. It was a, a separate post in the staff area, sorry. And it was asking for um, alpha testers. So if you have got a little bit of a couple of hours a week, uh, you don't need a lot of um, computer awareness, but you just need to be able to have an iRacing account and some spare time to do, uh, basically do a few things they say and then sign an NDA and not actually talk about it. Uh, <laughs> then go check it out. Um, Braden, did I miss anything or what do you think of that? No, I think that was that was pretty much it. But um, yeah, it'd be, be interesting to get a look in from the outside, I suppose, um, and test some pretty cool features that I'm sure are coming. I assume this racing. Is- for for year the year twenty twenty two release stuff that they're trying to iron out. So hopefully weather that's raining or maybe <laughs> just more AI because there was some AI stuff in there that you had to that, that they wanted to test with as well. So it'll be interesting to see what they've got up the plants. But yeah, if you're interested, go to the forums and do that. So that wraps up the news. Let's go into the results. Braden, I think I watched this race. Aussie car round four of Formula V's went to, where did they go to this week? Okiyama? It was, yeah, Okiyama short, I think. I don't think I've watched this race yet, to be honest. There you go. <laughs> so what happened in, I've been so busy. There you go. So Okiyama, Formula V's, it's not predictable, but it is predictable. What were the results, mate? Race one. Yeah, so results uh, for race one saw a little bit of action. So um, championship leader came together with new driver Chris Noble uh, on the straight of all things um, and ended up being a bit of fallout from this round over in the Discord. Um, So a couple of changes to the series, I guess. Uh, There's a few drivers on last last notice uh, for this season and basically all demerit points. Uh, so if you're not familiar with the Aussie car system, basically 15 points for a warning and 30 points for a post-race penalty um, and with 100 license points in total, meaning if you if you rack up basically three incidents and a warning or four incidents, you, you spend a round out. Um, so all incident points have been doubled for the remaining two rounds. So people on 60 points already are on their last warning. So Ira basically... Had had enough with some what he called not very smart driving. <laughs> we'll put it put it at that. Um, and yeah, it's caused a lot of, I guess, a lot of um, championship movements based on some of the some of the driving. And as you know, and you you know, being part of the Skippies, uh, Aussie Car is probably one of the cleanest series out there. So I think this is Ira. Uh, putting his sort of clamp back down on, on the series to make sure that it gets back to being what Aussie car is first and foremost, which is uh, fast and fair racing um, and clean clean racing. And it happened once once upon a time in the Skippies as well. Um, and I think the series has been much better for it. So we didn't get the double demerit points, but we certainly got a talking to. <laughs> so quickly on that note, we forgot. So last week we recorded news and results and then literally an hour or so later, Ira sent us through a message with some news. And then 
we completely obviously oh, couldn't add it course. in. Of course, yes. We forgot to add it in this week. So quickly, let's touch on it. There is now a league association, basically. All the leagues have got together, and they're going to be sharing information about bad drivers. So um, have you got the name of it there? Yeah, so the Australian New Zealand Leagues Association um, has been put together. And, and effectively, from what, what I can see, is that it's to give league owners the opportunity to sort of know a bit more about who's coming into their league and and beforehand I guess be wary of anyone who's had issues in the past and and I guess it's not not solely driving standards I think at the moment in the community a lot of league owners feel like there's a lot of um, aggressive and abusive people floating around the community who like will get quite abusive towards league owners or race control when things don't go their way and things like that and I think it's an opportunity for them to sort of have a heads up beforehand um, if someone's joining the league and stop stop those people just thinking they can go crazy in one league, abuse people, wreck people out, and then just move on to the next league and, and think that everything's going to be okay and eventually do the same thing there, which I think is a positive um, for the community as a whole, uh, as long as it's done the right way, which from yeah. what I can tell and the way that I've seen the posts on Facebook and things like that, and the way that some of the people or the founding members, I suppose, have um, been speaking about it on Facebook um, on the post, I think it looks like they're doing it with the right interests at heart, I suppose. Yeah. I think it, it fits into this little conversation perfectly anyway. So, yeah, look, you, 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 at the end of the day, if you're going to be an idiot, there are consequences now outside of just the league you're being an idiot in, which is always good to see. Obviously, a little bit of transparency would be good knowing that you're now on the blacklist, I think. Um, and, 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 you know, if you start applying for leagues and you get knocked back and, and knowing how to sort of fix that would be a, a very big part of it. Um, yeah. And from what I that- can tell from reading some of the posts on, on Facebook and things, um, it seems like that's what they want to have is yeah. everyone has a way to re rehab, rehabilitate, I suppose, <laughs> like not necessary, yeah. but, you know, like there has to be an option for those people to be able to get back into yeah. the leagues, um, whether it's spending some time in race control to get an understanding of, you know, what mm-hmm. what it takes to be up there, uh, whether it's, you know, spending some time, whether it's an apology. I don't know what, what sort of things they'd want, but yeah. um, there, there, there seems to be from what I've read on Facebook that uh, uh, it's not just about your band, you never get to race in this, in this town again kind of thing. Yeah. It's more, uh, hey, we're actually not happy with the things you're doing here's what you need to change. This is a way you can show you've changed and then you'll be welcomed back yeah. um, after you that. Give so. someone a path to, to follow at least. Yeah. That gives them an option of you know being angry and bitter and not, not doing it again or, or a path to redemption, which is yeah. what, what you want. Anyway, so, yeah. let's get back on to the actual <laughs> results that we're talking about. So keep going. Yeah. So race one was taken out by Cameron Dance. Um, predictable, some may say, himself <laughs> as well. Um, unfortunately, like I with- said... Uh, yeah, there was the issue with um, uh, Alex McKellar, which has made it really difficult for him in the championship now. Um, he ended up finishing in 33rd um, and 12 laps down, which is making it real difficult for him to catch Cameron Dance now, but uh, that's racing. Uh, so Cameron Dance from Daniel Hedershide, John Schultz, Aiden Schultz, and Mitch Dean are your top five. Can I really uh, Dan- shout out to there? Like Daniel Hedershard's doing really well at the moment. Um, that second is is I know they lost some people in the race, but 
that's a really strong effort. And Aiden Schultz, we've had him on the podcast before, you know, coming from where he's come from to just start racing road stuff and start in 14th, come to, come to third or fourth. Sorry. Uh, it's a very good effort as well. Yep. For sure. Uh, Mitch Dean, I'm sorry, Dennis Hancock, Sean McKenzie, uh, locked on racing's very own Nathan Verney, uh, Stafford 16th to 8th as well so that's really good stuff and Lee Partridge rounded out the top 10 so yeah as you said some pretty big movers Max Donnelly 27th up to 15th which is a good effort um, Vic Ben Veltzen uh, 26th up to 19th which was good um, and then yeah Aiden obviously making up the 10 spots to get into into 4th was pretty impressive as well did you say Max Donnelly then? I did yeah yeah, because uh, check out his streams as well. He does stream the races if you you are interested. Or, you know, he pops the link in the Aussie car all the time. But, um, yeah, good good kid. Uh, yeah, so very good. Um, second race, uh, the racer who was involved in that incident, McKellar, uh, on debut in the series, got his first win. So Chris Noble actually took out um, the second race, starting from second, finishing in first ahead of Cameron Dance. Some might say that that wasn't so predictable, Cameron. Who knows? Mm, um, Alex McKellar managed to fight hard to, to get third. Lee Partridge fourth. Dennis Hancock fifth. So pretty consistent night for Dennis. John Schultz, Nathan Verney, Sean McKenzie, Mikey Harlan, and Daniel Hedeshide rounding out the top 10. Now, Daniel Hedeshide <laughs> uh, started 29th up to 10th wow. as well. So I'm guessing he didn't have a great qualifying. Yeah, but um, even behind him, Sean Doyle, 31st up to 13th, and Max Donnelly, once again, 33rd up to 15th. Like, exactly, yeah. yes. Some big, Some big movers. Um, Paul and just Jackson, show- 30th up to up to 18th. Yeah, it just goes to show, I guess, for Max's case, if he can um, string together some nice qualifying performances, he could definitely see himself rocking up that leaderboard for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, interesting, too. Lee Partridge had 15 laps led on that race as well. Um as well as Michael Greed got one in there, which is very interesting. But um, yeah, it looks like yeah, good results. But what what anything else to pull out of that one? Uh, not so much. It was is just hard racing. Um, and you know, I I don't drive the V's, so I'm not professing to be an expert in any shape or form. In fact, it wouldn't matter what car we talk about. I wouldn't profess to be an expert, but (laughs) just from an outsider looking in and knowing what Aussie cars standards have been like in, in the skip barber, I suppose, I think there's a lot of, a lot of drivers who haven't driven with each other together. And it's taking a little bit longer to maybe find that not respect, but that yeah. Balance between fighting and, um, knowing exactly who's around you and those kind of things and, and when to make moves and what's the right part of the race to make moves and things like that. So I think maybe once that opens up and once uh, these cars get on some slightly bigger tracks where there's a little bit more room, uh, we'll see the series really thrive in terms of clean racing, but there's still a lot of work to do for the drivers yeah, there. At the moment. I think it's already been mentioned that next season's already going away from the official list uh, so they can get a bit more of a, a larger tracks in the, involved which will suit these cars down to down to a t so yeah so forward to that championship standings cameron dance takes a pretty commanding lead 28 points from lee partridge and sean mckenzie tied for second alex mckellar drops down to fourth and daniel hedeshide fifth mitch dean dennis hancock kirk broadhurst john schultz and nathan verney now inside the top 10 after a pretty good night for him yeah, that's a good comeback because yeah, we definitely didn't have the best start in the for locked on overall. So it's good to see that. 
And I'll tell you, everyone above 26 can turn around and say they're ahead of Chas Mostert in a uh, racing league. That's a fairly significant <laughs> effort, so, even though he hasn't raced many races. <laughs> and everyone in the league can say they're ahead of Jake Kostecki because he's, yeah. <laughs> he's only done the one round and it didn't go so well for him. So. No, it didn't go at all well. Uh, uh, but yeah, look, road... if you want to go to the road to 2K, which is obviously what we're sort of sponsoring and, and coming on board for, uh, be, just because that's something I can do, uh, Lee Partridge is once again well out in front of that. Dennis Hancock is in second on 242, a massive almost 80 points behind Lee Partridge. So he's pretty much going to have that wrapped up next week if he keeps going the way he is. Uh, Paul Jackson in third. Jackie Chalmers all the way from the other side of the world in fourth. And Aiden Schultz up into fifth, so well done there. Stafford Marsden in sixth. Uh, Michael Greed is seventh. Vic Van Felsen in eighth. Max Donnelly in ninth, who could easily be higher up there with some good quality. And Leon Williams running out the ten. Yep. And then the team's points uh, see... Top split racing dominating the team's points, and I don't even think Alex John raced this week at all yeah, in the see, V's or yeah, in the V's <laughs> or or the um or the Skippies, but it's they're still what ninety points ahead of everyone else in the championship <laughs> for top split racing, even with Alex missing Phenomenal. a whole round. So it just goes to show how dominant they've been in the team points with Intersim uh, Esports Racing second, Chicken Up Racing third, Locked On I Racing Interviews Podcast third, Team Eleven. Team 111 Esports fourth. Uh, in fifth. Yeah, sorry, Locked On Racing in fourth. White Knuckle Racing, Locked On Black Sheep Racing, Locked On Racing News and Results, Exothermic Racing, JP Simshed, and New Zealand Sim Racing uh, in I last. Th- I like to say we're we're in a shot there for four, for third. I think we can get close to that. I think that'll yep. be a huge thing. If, if we can get um, Vernie to, to solid in the top 10 there um, yep. and, and the teams into the top three that even – Realistically, we're not that far off second. Um, For sure. Just need Vic to pick up his game, to be honest. (laughs) Let's move on to Skippies, who went to the USA Speedway, like we said before. And we started off race one with a different winner that we've ever had before, which is pretty exciting. First time Brady Baldwin has ever entered the series uh, this season and went from uh, sixth to first in the short 15-minute race, 30-lap race. So... 35 lap race, sorry. Uh, so congratulations to Brady taking it out by just on half a second there in the end. Got snuck away from the other two that were fighting, which was Ben Snell in second and Sean Doyle in third. Russell Clark in fourth. Donald Sabinal in fifth. James Jastinoff in sixth. However, that then got pushed down uh, pretty significantly when he got the penalty for spinning McKellar out, which bumped Matthew Mites and yourself up a few positions to sixth and seventh. Uh, Lee Harrison in there, Dennis Hancock uh, into ninth, Jeremy Bush into tenth, and Tim Court just slowly out, just slightly outside the top ten there in eleventh, and Alex McKellar recovering to twelfth. So very well done, our very own Tim Harris. However, not really t- our very own in locked on. Uh, did a very good job from twenty fourth up to thirteenth there. Uh, so very very well done to him. Uh, Lee Harrison fourteenth into that eighth position was pretty good as well. Anything else stand out for you in race one? Braden uh, forgot to talk. No, just um, yeah. Timothy obviously made made some good moves. I guess um, a big shout out to Matthew Mites for for putting it on Getting pole. pole. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know he was pretty disappointed with the round and overall. And led for but... eleven of the thirty-five laps as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he was pretty disappointed with the round overall, but. 
you know, to put any car on pole at any track, whether it's oval or not oval um, in this field at the moment is a pretty significant um, get. So well done to him. Yeah, definitely. So very, very good effort. Let's head on to race number two, which was obviously the 70 lap race, including the two tire change at any point in the track, which I got forced to do it when I had a spin. Um, <laughs> however, everyone else, like we said, Chastity dropped in at the start of the race, which really obviously did help. Um, McKellar led 55 laps of the 70 lap race, but unfortunately that was out of sync with the with Chastanoff who had pitted early, which saw Chastity end up winning by over a second, almost two seconds actually. It was really the commanding effort uh, fighting his way through traffic. Uh, to beat Russell Clark in two second, um, Alex McKellar third, Donald Sabanel in fourth. So that's only three red cars in the top four. That's a pretty good effort because uh, Braden, you end up fifth. John Schultz came in sixth. <laughs> Sean McKenzie seventh. Lee Harrison, another solid effort in eighth from 31st on the grid. Well done. Tim Corn started 13th, finished 9th, and Ashley Knowles uh, helped himself out in the road to 2K, starting in 7th but finishing 10th. So well done there. The other big mover, I guess, was Ben Snell, who 30th took out Darren Lasso and then came 15th. <laughs> um, and then 28th, Anthony Connors up to 16th as well. So uh, well done there. Um, anything else that pops out at you? We've already talked about Aussie Car a fair bit, so anything else there? Not really, just that you said that uh, there was three red cars in the top five. So just just in case anyone uh, was wondering, Milo haven't changed, <laughs> haven't changed to red. <laughs> they haven't just I completely see red abandoned. when I see them. That's all That's it is. It, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, nah, red. No, nah, I think we I think we covered covered it pretty well earlier. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, good good job to Chasty. I know he's been working real hard on oh, yeah. uh, getting a getting a win, um, and it's been a long time coming after many many podiums. So just a shout out to him. Yeah, well done, mate. Very, very good effort. Monkey off the back time. Now, Braden, how's that make the championship look? Uh, the championship looks uh, very similar to it looked before, although Except we did have a, a lead change over the over round race one, race two. So. Yeah, so it looked like Alex was um, going to lose both of his championship leads in in the one week uh, in the Formula V and in the skips, but unfortunately for Ben Snell, he couldn't capitalize in race two. Uh, which means that McKellar is still leading 13 points uh, back to Ben Snell, uh, who's a further 26 points back to Russell Clark in third spot. Um, and then I'm 16 points back from Russell in fourth. So this would be my highest championship finish uh, ever if I managed to hold on to fourth. I think I came fifth one season, but the talent of the field was not like it is um, at yeah. the moment. So I'd be super impressed if I could hold on for fourth. Although... It just takes one mistake for myself to lose it or it just takes one mistake for Russell and I could be, who knows, maybe pushing for a third spot. I, <laughs> do, I dare, do I dare to dream? <laughs> I don't, no, don't no. think so. <laughs> um, and look, and as we go on, James Chastanoff into fifth. Now 312 points, considering he went from second or third to 31st mm-hmm. in that first race of the season. That's a huge effort. That's uh, right, easily be up there in a uh, top three position right now but i want to make note that's three green cars at the top but then there's two locked on cars after that so yeah we, we're, we're we're chasing and we're fighting hard we're doing we're doing, we're doing our best <laughs> that's it so sean mckenzie's in there in six which is a great effort for him first first season 
I'm thinking yep. it's first season. Uh, Donald Savinell in seventh. Uh, Dennis Hancock in eighth. Uh, Russell, uh, Matt Russell, Matthew Mites in ninth. Equaled with Timothy Harris in tenth. And then, yeah, Alex John has dropped down, obviously, massively because he wasn't here on the week. And, oh, sorry, last week. Uh, equal with uh, Nathan Verney there, tied for 11th at 268. But then it's 266 to Jeremy Bush, 260 to Sean Doyle, 259 to Brady Baldwin, 258 to Ira Felberg. Um, so that very sort of top 10 down to 16th is amazingly tight. So look out for some moving there. All you need is one, one good race or one bad race from someone else. But, um, yeah, tell us what's happening that road to 2K, mate. Yeah, so Dennis has a pretty commanding lead over Brady Baldwin, 40 points uh, from yourself, 15 points back from Brady. Uh, Farron Haircox, Ashley Knowles, David Summers, Darren Lissou, Craig Kermit, Tim Corn, and Leon Williams rounding out the top 10 uh, in the road to 2K. And then yeah, I'd top... like to see what it would look like with, if Tim didn't miss that first race of the season. Yeah, true. It would be um, definitely a battle on their hands, I'd say, for that first spot. Yeah. Uh, the team points, top split racing, after we jokingly said that someone could miss a round and they'll basically still win it, <laughs> have come back right to the field, uh, now just six points ahead of Van Diemen Racing on uh, 650, uh, top split being on 656. Then Van Diemen Racing Noodle Squad, or as it's uh, written in all the uh, Aussie, Car, uh, Aussie Car Discord um, results as Noddle Squad <laughs> uh, on 6.15. Locked on Racing News and Results, uh, myself and Vernie in fourth, 14 points back of them. Locked on yeah, see, RAC Interviews. I, I took Vernie out. There's there's a good 20-odd points I stole off you guys, so you should be in third right now. Feels yeah. So and if we wanted to be dodgy, we could have we could have done a mid season change and put Chasty and I together. But we're we're not those kind of guys, you know. I'm I'm happy with Nathan. We're we're happy to just ride out the season. We don't need to do any dodgy yeah. changing of team points. <laughs> definitely, one eleven definitely didn't do that last season. That I'm still no, not salty about. <laughs> no. uh, white knuckle racing, locked on black sheep racing, locked on lads the man cave, missed apex racing, uh, rookie racing, first eleven racing, white knuckle racing two. And then 111 Esports, the last of the two-person teams um, at the moment. There you go. What a, what a fall from grace. White Knuck, uh, sorry, 111 Esports is. There's only one team there and one of them, and it's only a single-man driver basically these days. We'll hopefully hear more about that later. Let's go to Anne's car. Carl Withy, once again, is here to bring you all the information. Now, I watched... Um, the trucks last night, which will be, re- no, not before, which will be reported about next week. Um, really good racing and, and really good to see some some solid stuff happening there at the moment as well. I think they're with the Martinsville, but here's Carl with you with all the latest Anscar. Take it away, Carl. Hello, chaps and chapettes, and welcome to the Anscar recap here on Locked On iRacing, your home for the best Aussie sim racing action. I'm Carl Withy, and tonight we are starting off with round nine of the second season of the Truck Series, where we headed to the historic Brickyard, Indianapolis, for 75 laps. Andrew Dyson would start from a storming pole position next to Jason Martin. The two would lead away, but would have to fend off fast-charging Ryan Jones in the early stages. Martin would retake the lead, but Dyson had fallen back preserving his tyres, and would mount a comeback later in the race after the pit stops. The race ran green all the way to the end, and Jason Martin would lose the lead of the race around the final corner to Andrew Dyson, who took the fantastic victory. 
Results were first Dyson, second Martin, third Foster, fourth Russell and fifth Micklemore. Foster still leads the championship on 353 points. Second is Martin, 25 points off the lead. Third, Micklemore. Fourth, Nathan Clark. Fifth for Raymond. Sixth for Robbie. Seventh for Norman Clarks. Eighth for Phelps. Ninth for Finley. Tenth for Wellman. Next up, we would see the Thunder Series heading to Atlanta for the Wednesday night Xfinity race. Round 10 of Thunder Series uh, would see Ben Vickers taking pole position with a storming time ahead of Brenton Hobson. Top 10 being covered by a tenth of a second. The race was close and fast-paced all the way through, but it was all a case of fuel saving for the long green flag race. 97 laps saw most of the field coming in on lap 58. Brenton Hobson managed to manage his fuel the best and his speed perfectly, coming home with the win. But others found it much harder and much closer with fuel. Second place man Michael Scurlock running out of fuel on the last corner, but managing to make it home in P2. Others were not so lucky, dropping back a handful of positions. The big winner, though, was Lachlan Capel, taking home a P3 on his debut. The race was thrilling to the end, and well worth a watch on replay, if you can get it, on FGM Ecast. The results were first Brenton Hobson, second Skurlock, third Capel, fourth Gallagher, fifth Phelps, up 15 spots in the end. The championship looks like this. Gallagher first with 369 points. Second, 42 points down is Phelps. Third, Micklemore is 67 off the lead. Fourth for Donnelly. Fifth for Norman Clark. Sixth for Hobson. Raymond seventh. Eighth is Davidson. Ninth is Hunter. And tenth is Finlay. The cup cars would race for 130 laps around Atlanta for round 21 of the series. Andrew Dyson would take pole position next to teammate Philip Worley, but their night would not go to plan, with mistakes in pit lane costing them the chance for the race win. Other drivers, Pearson and Schultz, would suffer technical issues uh, with the servers and miss the start, unfortunately. The race would run green, giving Anne's car 455 consecutive laps of green flag racing in the past five races, with trucks, Xfinity and Cup combined. A fantastic result from all drivers, great driving standards from everyone. With the race running green, it was all down to teamwork at the front, as the Mitch Motorsport drivers Micklemore and Martin would take a 1-2, using a great strategy to pull out the win. Foster would finish third. The results being Micklemore first, Fos Martin second, Foster third, four for Skurlock and Danny G in fifth. Championship standings are Micklemore first with 766 points, Martin in second, 58 points down, third for Skurlock, fourth for Gallagher, fifth for Danny G, sixth for Foster, seventh for Pearson, eighth for Dyson, ninth for Raymond, and tenth for Traher. We hope to see you on FGM Ecast for all of your Anscar racing needs, the best oval racing in Australia at the moment, if you ask me. Great stuff over there, as always, and a big thank you to Locked On Lads, Locked On iRacing, for keeping us going and for bringing you all the best Aussie online racing. Back to you guys. Thanks for that, Carl. And after a week of Anscar, we're going to move into not more FGM Ecast stuff where Carl was commentating yet again on it, which is Ozpass Pro-Am uh, series that was run and won last night. We have... Locked on racing in there with the form of Tim Harris driving the BMW in the AM part of the Pro-Am. Uh, and he did really well. Um, came 29th out in a 54-strong field. So well done, Tim. Um, but the big news of the night was Andrew Dyson himself took the win over one Shane Wallace uh, in second after Shane won 
the first round and then uh, flew back to race in the second round. I mean, he turned up for the second round and, yeah, couldn't quite get the job done. Lost by four seconds to Andrew Dyson, which is a really good effort for him. Luke Turner in third, more 11 more seconds down the track. Uh, Joshua Fitt in fourth and then Jeffrey Connell in fifth. We don't have any more bigger breakdown, unfortunately, than that. I'm watching their website to try and get a breakdown of the classes and the, the pro and the amateur part of it as well. But we'll probably start bringing that to you the week after. Uh, so we'll probably report on that next week in next week's episode. But we definitely want to cover a lot of this because it's some really good GT uh, racing fun um, and massive fields, which is always good to see. Uh, we've got a few big movers of Brady Buckham and Daniel Cheney, who went from 51st and 48th, respectively, up to 25th and 27th. Uh, 47th up to 19th for Bruce DiCavallo. That's not how you pronounce it, but it's a good crack. Um, other than that, yeah, 17th, 13th for Jason Bentz, and 16th to 10th for Maverick Benson, which is all good efforts. But 15th to 2nd for Shane Wallace. Uh, and 10th to 4th for Joshua Fit, But definitely go check that out. FGM ECAS every Tuesday night. Cheer on the sexy-looking BMW uh, that is for Locked On Racing and Timothy Harris, uh, and you won't be disappointed. But going from that to another Locked On Racing good result is Sunday Night Lights. So let's go to Alex McKellar and hear all about Sunday Night Lights. Thanks, Alex. Take it away. G'day everyone. Alex McKellar here, the host of Top Split TV's ongoing coverage of Sunday Night Lights. It was great to have my regular partner in crime back in the commentary booth this week with the chaotic one himself, Corey Steinhauser, returning from a break that was thrust upon him by technical difficulties. Both of us were greeted by a full grid of drivers to take on the short A layout of Hockenheim, a testing layout where the leading skippy drivers in the series would have no need to trouble fifth gear as they tackled the tight technical layout. As the drivers took to the track for qualifying, there was a great mix of the established elite-level races with some fresh faces looking to take it to them. With last season's champion, Benny Simonson, plying his trade at the Goodwood Festival of Speed this week, the door was left ajar for his rivals to stake their claim, beginning with challenging the timing screen for their spot on the starting grid. It was series leader and Mavano sim racer Manu Big Breaks Luketa who struck first, securing pole position by less than a tenth. Joining him on the front row for the first time was leading ANZ charge Corey Lean with his best qualifying performance to date. Julian O'Frey was joined on the second row of the grid by another driver putting in his best qualifying performance, that of Japanese driver Gael Kawabe. Surprisingly, the second Mavano sim racer Ludwig Gidi, who is also chasing his teammate for the overall title, was only able to manage seventh in qualifying, with a welcome return to the winningest driver in MNL slash SNL history, one Enzo Genzo Cantor himself, just managing to sneak into the top ten in qualifying, starting on the fifth row and making it a trio of Mavano sim racers in the field. Locked on iRacing's own, Braden Martin made his debut in the broadcast race this week, starting 16th with Vasco Sarovsky, who is rapidly becoming somewhat of a mainstay representative of the ANZ club this season, starting just ahead of him in 15th. The other ANZ drivers in the field were Mitchell Nichols, starting 14th, along with Team Milo's Russell Clark for third, 
and Sean Doyle, who started 18th and 19th respectively. Unfortunately for the team Milo Bossman, that was as good as it got, with Clark jumping the start, ending his night very early indeed. However, that was one of the very few downers in what was a spectacular introduction to this unique and challenging layout. Once again, we saw a hard-charging battle pack lead it out, with pole sitter Luketa quickly yielding the race lead to Corey Lean, who looked to set the pace for the opening stages of the race. The pair was quickly joined by regular frontrunners Ofray and Gidi, with Kawabe choosing to sit on the tail of the lead pack and wait for his chance to attack later in the race. The testing layout saw overtaking made very difficult with no long straights and no strong draft usually supporting these passing moves, forcing the drivers to apply pressure to pass instead. This, combined with the relative unfamiliarity of the layout, even to some of the best drivers going around, saw what could only be described as uncharacteristic incidents with minor misjudgments of the lines through tight series of corners causing incidents on more than one occasion throughout the race. It was one of these moments that saw Geedy lose traction as his right-hand tyres ran over the grass through the infield section, forcing him into the side of Corey Lean and ending the latter's stint in the lead of the race and somewhat breaking up the lead pack. From there, the lead pack was reduced even further when on the penultimate lap, Geedy made further contact with Julian O'Frey in what could only be described as a remarkable netcode incident as the leaders went three wide into the braking zone at turn two. This saw Lucetta return to the front position and open up a gap of three seconds that he retained until the end of the race, Lucetta taking out his third victory in four races so far this season. In what was an outstanding pairing of skill and patience, he was joined on the podium for the very first time by Gael Kawabe, the leading Japanese driver for this season, securing second place after navigating his way through the remnants of the lead pack. Rounding out the podium for round four in his best result of the series was Corey Lean, who recovered to take advantage of the late race incident and finish as the leading ANZ driver on the night in a very strong result. Surprisingly, Geedy was able to continue after quite a bumpy ride on the night and hang on to fourth position, with perhaps the quiet achiever of the night, Enzo Cantor, making it all three Mivano Sim racing drivers in the top five with his fifth place finish. Other notable finishes include ANZ's Vasco Sarovsky with his best ever result with a 7th place finish and debutants Braden Martin and Sean Doyle both securing SNL points up 6 and 8 positions respectively to finish 10th and 11th. Very admirable performances for the pair in their first time under the bright Sunday night lights. Going around the grounds in the other splits with the new track drawing a smaller crowd on the night, we're really focusing our attention on one Mark Jeffrey, the SNL stalwart, once again securing good championship points with a seventh place finish in the second split. Having plied his trade as low as the fourth split in recent seasons, Mark is most definitely having his strongest season in many. Turning our attention to the championship standings after four rounds, we continue to see Manu, Big Breaks Luketa leading the way, now opening up a 10-point lead over his Mivano sim racing teammate Ludwig Gidi in second, 
after securing maximum points, including the bonus point for pole, for the third time this season. Julian O'Frey remains in third position on the table, while after securing his best result ever, Corey Lean replaces John Skoltz in fourth position as the leading ANZ driver, and with only three races in his tally so far, showing that he will be in the fight for the podium positions if his season continues to build. Further demonstrating his strong season to this point, Mark Jeffo Jeffrey rounds out the top five, once again showing what the SNL series is all about and representing the regulars in the lower splits. Next week, we see the SNL road train head to the short layout of Road Atlanta, the truncating of the back straight once again diminishing the effect of the strong draft and promising to bring yet another different style of racing. So join us on track or over on the Top Split TV Twitch channel next Sunday night at 9.15pm Australian Standard Time for some of the best racing you'll find anywhere. It will once again be the place to be on a Sunday night. Thank you as always to our friends over at the Locked On iRacing podcast for giving us this platform to further share the amazing racing with an extended audience. I'm putting out the call once again to the ANZ community to get out there and compete against some of the best skippy drivers in the world and find out how you measure up. But for now and until next week, this is Alex McKellar signing off. Ciao for now. And thanks for that, Alex. I'm sure... Braden will be up there winning sooner or later. I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> Plenty more pink cars coming through the action. But that's it for results for this week. Thank you, Braden, for putting up with me for that long. Um, thank you. That's a it's going to be another massive episode. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Braden, where can people find you, mate? Yeah, you can find me at twitch.tv slash the one D Wade. Streams will probably die down a little bit over the next uh, week or so, but I'll I'll definitely try and stream a little bit more. I've been really enjoying it. Um and yeah, getting some people over there chatting throughout the races uh, has been really, really good. Um and then if you want to hear me talk or whinge about anything else, it's uh at Braden Talks on Twitter. Definitely go listen to him whinge. It's something he does really well. Uh, we do Locked On Lads stuff on Twitch, Locked On Lads stuff on Facebook, and Locked On Lads YT stuff on YouTube. So that's the way places to find us. Uh, definitely LockedOnLads.com slash Discord. Hop in the Discord and show us your meat and all kinds of other cool stuff. Uh, definitely, 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 definitely. I'm doing it again. Um, yeah, I stream Wednesday night for trucks tonight, Thursday night for Aussie car and probably the, definitely the man cave podcast this week. If you haven't checked out the man cave podcast, go do that. It's really good fun. Um, and hopefully maybe a little bit more content coming to you soon. We've got some plans for the podcast we're trying to unveil next year. So we're planning it now. If you are interested in helping out, we do want some on mic stuff. Definitely want some on mic talent to help us out. Uh, so if you are interested in having a bit more of a front-facing uh, part of the podcast with us, uh, come check, check, come let us know through the Discord or through the Facebook and we will see what we can do and see if we can work with you in the future. If you want to join the racing team, definitely hit me up. Uh, let me know through the Discord or the Facebook. Uh, but other than that, we'll be back on Sunday with another interview with the one... Stig Gaming, don't miss this one, especially if you're a NASCAR fan. This guy has spotted 
at races like Talladega and Daytona for the ARCA series, and he tells some amazing stories, especially where he came from to get to that. Um, it's really, really good stuff. And also now a fairly big streamer in the iRacing community. So check out that, and then we've got even more to come. But we'll otherwise, after that, we'll join you next week. Thanks, Braden. We'll catch you all next time. Have a good one. Bye. Drive safe, drive fast.